Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I use Podgo. That's how I run all of my ads here on She's Going Places, and it is seriously amazing for small podcasters to get advertisements. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, She's Going Places, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday. This week, I am joined by my mom, and we are so excited to sit down and answer some of your questions. And honestly, it's just been a long time coming to have my mom on the podcast. So without further ado, this is my mama. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here and to be on the podcast and to share a little bit of information about Taylor and I <laughs> and our relationship yeah. and, and just get to get to know everybody a little bit. Yeah, I think what's fun about having my mom on the podcast is you guys are always writing into me, like asking for advice and wanting to know my opinions on things. But this is the source. This is the girl I went to for everything growing up. My mom helped me form a lot of my beliefs, a lot of my opinions. It's why I love giving advice because she always gave me such great advice while growing up. So this is just a really sweet episode to get to do together. Um, And so I'm just really excited. So to give you an overview of what episode is going to look like is you guys sent in some submissions. You guys um, voted on some polls and we're going to react to them. And you just like answered in some question boxes. And so my mom is going to be blind reacting to all of them, which oh is boy. super, super fun. I honestly haven't really read through any of the answers anytime soon. And so I'm going to be kind of caught off guard too. But before we jump into the technicalities of things, do you want to maybe share a little bit? Because this is like a mom Q&A. And okay. so people were able to write in questions about like things that they would ask like a mom, but they were too scared to ask their mom or things like that. Mm. Like, do you want to say anything maybe about like, our relationship and like why we're so close and like maybe some things that like you did while we were growing up I mean we're going to be able to like go on to a hundred tangents but if you want to give like a brief overview of our relationship I know that's tough um well um I mean I, I think probably every mom feels the same way with what I'm about to say but I feel like um I, Taylor has a brother, so I have two children, Taylor and Dylan, and I feel like they are my they are my life's work. They are my life's masterpiece. When I am no longer here anymore, they are who I want to be remembered for. The kind of adults that they grow up to be and who they turn out to be as people is very important to me. It's probably one of the most important things to me. So I have always been focused on um, the end product. So I basically, in my mind, thought about the end product and then worked our way back. So mm-hmm. when we were forming, you know, our relationship early on when Taylor was little and Dylan was little, um, I just, I don't know, I guess I just wanted them to always know that they were loved and that they were um, wanted and that they were the most important thing to me. And I tried to make sure throughout all of my parenting that that was something that they knew and that they were a priority. They were the priority to me and um, and that they obviously needed to love the Lord. That was important to me that they got to know the Lord and know that he has a plan and a purpose for their life and that they were 
fearfully and wonderfully made and um, parenting without him is impossible. So I just, I don't know. That's my little, about, mm-hmm. you know, my little um, background on it. It's just, it's important to me that my kids knew how much they were loved. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The first poll response, which I asked, do you have a good relationship with your mom? Mm. And the answer was just yes or no. What do you think, like, percentage-wise, like, where things landed? Well, I hope the majority of the percentage was yes. Um, But I'm not sure, because I don't really know, like, what the full age demographic is Uh in the listeners, and I think that does make a difference, Mm -hmm. because I think the older you get, I think the more you appreciate your mom and the relationship And you can kind of maybe see things a little more from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Whereas the younger you are, you know, maybe it just feels like she's always telling you you can't do stuff or you can't have Mm -hmm. that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 50-50. Oh, okay. Well, 89% said yes. That's wonderful. And 11% said no. Wow. That's fantastic. I thought that that was pretty good. Um, The next one was, can moms and daughters be, quote, friends while growing up? Absolutely not. Not. That's why Absolutely. I wanted to ask this question. <laughs> yeah. Well, 88% of people said definitely, mm. and 12% of people said no way. Why do you say no? Well, they said definitely because I'm assuming it's not moms that are filling this out. It's, no, these are, yeah. Yeah, these are the, the young... The daughters. The daughters. So, yeah, daughters are like, yes, I want to be best friends with my mom, and um, and, I, and I'm happy to say that right now I feel like you and I are very close, and we, we've transitioned into a friendship, mm-hmm. but... I'm always going to be the mom. Yeah. So I think it's kind of hard. There's like, it's hard to find that ground. But growing up, the reason why I don't think that that is possible is because um, parents need to set boundaries and you're there to parent. You're not there to be their friends. Mm-hmm. They have lots of friends, but they only have one mom, mom. and one dad, God mm-hmm. willing. Yeah. Um, and that they're, you're not meant to be their friends. Right. So I do not believe in Mm-hmm. and being friends and Taylor will I'm sure could give you a lot of fun stories where I'm trying to think of like a good a good not friend story oh my goodness I'm growing sure. up I'll paint the scene I'll paint the scene okay okay so I'm in sixth grade and I'm going to a new school right we had just changed schools yep. which might I add did not want to change them and I'm at this which looking back my mom was right whatever had to include that in there. <laughs> but I'm in sixth grade and I get there on the first day of school and all of these girls are wearing makeup. Like foundation, now mind concealer. You, sixth grade, you're like 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were even younger. You yeah. were 11. Mm-hmm. But these other girls were 12. Okay. Yeah. Just setting that scene there. It is crazy like hearing that age and thinking about this out loud. But at the time, like all these girls like were able to wear cover up over their pimples and they got mm-hmm. to wear mascara, and I was like, Mom, I came home one day, I was like, I have to start wearing makeup. And my mom was like, absolutely not, Bestie, like, you are not wearing makeup under any circumstances. And after we went back and forth, lots of begging, lots of pleading, my mom came, I came home from school one day, and my mom had clear mascara for me. And clear lip gloss. And And as you say that and you're laughing in front of me, like, I thought that was like a gigantic win. Because in my mind, I thought that she just really wanted to be able to be like in the bathroom in front of the mirror, Mm -hmm. putting on the mascara in front of the other girls and like, you know, looking all shiny. Clear mascara. What does clear mascara even do? But you have black eyelashes. Uh So it's like you have blonde eyelashes. So it it gets hard on your lashes. So you're going to extend your already beautiful dark 
black lashes and it's gonna quote unquote look I don't like think mascara. It well, it didn't work because you were like, this is an imposter and I do not want this. And it wound up blowing up and turning into a little argument, not a, I mm-hmm. thought it was a great <laughs> compromise. No, it wasn't a good compromise. I looked like a boy in sixth grade. You did not look like a boy. A little bit of no, one. You did not. Yes, I did. I would wear the, sh- the uniform shorts. Okay, but that happened, like, for, like, a day. Again, new school, her old school in elementary school, you wore shorts. Mm -hmm. In the new school, the girls wore skirts, Mm -hmm. skorts. And sixth grade was still considered elementary school. So I didn't know, coming from where, and the person working in the bookstore didn't, like, clue us into, like, hey, girls don't wear shorts around here. Uh So the first day of school, Taylor went in with her new shorts. and Looking like, like a whole man. (laughs) <laughs> she was so upset. So between the no makeup and the shorts, it was, Ratchet hair. It, Beer Bradley backpack and all, ready for the first day. It was poor Beer Bradley. Poor, she poor Beer not, Bradley. She better not hear about this. She'll be so upset. That I know Beer Bradley. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so 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 sorry. Okay. Can you think of anything else? Any oh, other, there's like, tons. Friends. There's tons. Like you, you know. What was the moment when you were like, I think. Like, I think we're friends. I think the moment that I thought we were friends was when you started dating Hunter. Really? Yes. That was the beginning of the friendship. That mm-hmm. was the transition into like an adult relationship. Because mm-hmm. you were a senior in high school. Um, and because he was your first boyfriend, like you came home and were excited to include me yeah in all of the firsts Mm -hmm. you know like picking you up for the first time and he gave you flowers for the first time and like all Mm -hmm. of those things that you would tell a girlfriend I was home waiting when you got home from your Uh dates or from school or whatever yeah and you wanted to tell me about it and that's Uh when I knew like okay we're starting to make the transition interesting which I was over the moon about being able to have a front row seat to the two of you falling in love. Mm. Like, that is, that's been I definitely, a great blessing. I definitely thought that we were, like, friends before that. That's also because I was like, I'm a teenager now, so, like. Oh, we were definitely not friends when you were a teenager. No. <laughs> no. No, and you know how, it, because, like, I feel like friends, like, let things slide. Mm-hmm. And I, that's probably not even the right way to say it. Like, I would think teenage friends, because that's what we're talking about, you were a teenager, mm-hmm. I don't think teenage friends, for the most part, are worried about the well-being of their friend. Like, they don't yeah, think about, no. like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're putting yourself at risk for whatever it could yeah. be. College, I think you start to do that, but mm-hmm. you don't do that in high school. So I was always worried about you. You can't be a friend while you're parenting. I personally don't believe. I have friends who will disagree with me and mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people who have, like, young daughters, and they're like, you know, She's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, no, sister, she's not your best friend. She's your daughter. Right. Like, she has other friends, but she doesn't have another mom. Mm-hmm. She needs a mom. Yeah. So, later on, you can be friends. So, I'm excited that we're friends now. Right? Yeah. We're friends Yeah, now. we're friends. I would say we're friends. <laughs> okay. Then, now we have to move on to some questions. Okay. Well, like, question responses. And so, this was, these are things that they've never told their moms about. Oh, and so, you're just going to no. react to them. Okay. So, first one, I got pulled over in the parking lot at the mall when my mom was about to meet me there, and she has never known. I mean, that's not such a big deal. Getting pulled over. Do you think I've ever been pulled over? Yes. I haven't. I've never gotten pulled over. 
Isn't that crazy? I thought you had a ticket. No. I've never gotten a ticket. Interesting. That's interesting. You're shocked by that? I'm a little shocked by that because you do speed. So I'm a little shocked by that. Um, I mean, pulled over. I mean, you're going to get pulled over. Mm-hmm. Like, I could go on to it. Like, instantly my mind is racing about the safety of being pulled over by someone that may not actually be a police officer. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I mean. I know. It's true. It can happen. It can happen, but I won't go. Well, that's what I'm going to do for always. I'm going to ask you if you think that I've done them. Okay. Okay. The next one is cliff jumping. That's something that their mom has never known about. Have I ever jumped off a cliff? No, you have not jumped off a cliff. I actually have. What? Not a super tall one, but I have jumped off a cliff into water. Like a lake. What lake? I don't remember. I just remember doing it. Now you're telling me you're at a lake I don't know about? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) I don't don't remember that. I mean, I don't remember you ever being at a lake that had a cliff. I don't really either, but I remember jumping because I don't like heights, but I was like, okay, I'll jump. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This one says snuck out with my friends. But it has, like, a bigger city. Mm-hmm. But just in general, sneaking out. Okay. Have I ever snuck out of the house? I would say no. Why? Do you feel so confident about that? I just don't. I just don't think you would have done it. Why? Because I think, like, like there's so much. Why am I so lame? I <laughs> See, you didn't. Don't ask me if I ever snuck out. That's a whole Mom, different story. Mom, did you ever sneak out of the house? I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth. Listen, we all want to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, I talked about this the other day. I never snuck out. And it was, like, honestly an upset. I remember having this conversation with you in high school. And you and dad were like, you can just go, honey. <laughs> and I was like, mom, <laughs> that's not the point. That's not the point. And they're like, you don't have to, like, if you want to hang out with your friends late at night, like, just go. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I want to go out my window. And they're like, I guess that's just not safe. Like, just go out the front door. And I'm like, no, mom. Like, I just want to go. And I you do actually, know. I do actually remember that conversation. Ugh. I think we talked about somebody coming in, like, knocking on your window. Yes. Yes. Do you, I know the person. Okay, I'll say this, and I'll bleep their name out, and you can just react live. <laughs> Wanted. Like, literally texted me and asked me if he could come sneak me out of the house. What? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is hysterical. Yeah. When I was in high school. Is that funny? That is funny. Mm-hmm. I still talk to his mom. Yeah, I'm I know. Very okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Good, I'm good friends with his mom. I know That's you interesting. Are. I know you are. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> next one. Next one. Okay. <laughs> the way she types this. Okay, this one I obviously haven't done. But this one says, I kissed my guy best friend. And her mm-hmm. mom doesn't know about it. T. But see, that's a, that's a good point right there. She's not friends with her mom. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because if you were if she viewed her mom as her friend, she would have come home and told her mom, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't tell her mom, so that means her mom is probably mm-hmm. doing a good job mm-hmm. of keeping the boundaries. And the mom's going to go, "What are you doing? Yeah. Is your friend?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're just giving the mom a little pat on the back. Your, do I think you kissed your guy best friend? Ooh, interesting. No, I mean, no, no, you didn't. Uh-uh. No, no, I'm. I don't do that. Anyways, this one's funny. The response was not me sneaking my boyfriend into her house every day after high school. Wait, what? That's like her confession that she's never told her mom that she would sneak her boyfriend into their house every single day. She means every single night. Yeah, because she's not sneaking. Him she said day. every day in high school. <gasps> Boy, that's a big one. What are your thoughts about whether you did it? No, no, no. Obviously, I did not do that. 
This is just reacting. To, oh, is, is, it, is it hitting a little too close to home? Is this just striking a chord? And you're like, I understand you, girl. What's your experience with this, mom? Oh, this is a silly question. Like, the girls want to know. Of course, her mom doesn't know. Like, no, of course, her mom doesn't right. know. But what are your thoughts on it? Is it okay to do? And of course, it's not. Would you advise it? I would not advise sneaking a boy into your room every night in high school. Mm. Don't even get me going on a whole diatribe <laughs> about how that young man does not respect you. I don't like it. Now, they're probably together and married and had five kids by now. Uh-huh. But... No, most of the girls who listen to this are in college or high school. Okay. So then, no, I don't. That's my mm. advice. Don't Here's one. That I lost my virginity. I didn't tell my mm. mom that. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And I can understand why she probably hasn't told yeah. me that. Like. One, it's Do you bit- think that there's, like, a cutoff, like, depending, obviously, depending on relationships. Okay. But, like, we're really close. Right. I don't think that if I decided to have sex before getting, like, obviously, you know that right. I haven't had sex. But if I did, I don't know. Like, even though we're super close, I don't know if I would be, like, running to tell you that. Right. Like, I don't okay. think that that's as weird. No, I don't think it's weird. No, 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 no. I don't think it's weird mm-hmm. at all. Listen, like, every relationship, there does need to be boundaries. And just because you're friends with your mom doesn't mean that you have to tell her every single thing that's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. The difference is that you could tell her. Yeah. Right? If like, you needed to. If you needed or wanted to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. Right? That's good. It's that you could. Do you feel like you could go to your mom with anything, mm-hmm. um, no matter what it was, and that she would be willing to listen and be mm-hmm. there for be you? Be receptive. Right. You don't have to tell your mom mm-hmm. everything. And I don't think you should tell your mom everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... I Is there anything that comes to mind that you're like, oh, that's like a good area for there to be a boundary, maybe? Um, well, first of all, if you're doing anything that's harmful to yourself, then I think all bets are off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's even like a statue of limitations or an age that you shouldn't do it. If you're, if you're participating in anything that could be harmful to yourself in any way, shape, or form... No, your, your parents should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're friends of a girl who is doing anything like that, you need to let her parents know because that's just not, that's not a good idea. But when it comes to like, you know, social things or private things, like, no, I don't think you have to tell your parents everything. Mm-hmm. This one says that I lost my virginity way before I told her I did, but I married the guy, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, ooh, this one says, what's on my phone? My phone? No, like, that's what, like, her mom oh. doesn't know, like, what's on her phone. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, you, you don't, know. you don't, can't relate to that because you knew everything that was on my phone. When you were younger, we yeah, don't know, how, talk- old, we don't don't know, know. how old this girl is, though. Yeah. She could be older. I mean, yeah, you don't check, obviously you don't check my phone now, but. No, I did check your phone when you were in middle school, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like and I highly and it was a good it. idea too. It was a good idea. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, found some stuff. Some. <laughs> You're making me sound horrible. I no, found you weren't some stuff. No, not horrible, but just things that I didn't approve that you of. You could address. Mm. Yes, that I could address exactly. Nipped was, it. We nipped it in the bud. Mm. It was always so funny. Is that and the thing is, the stuff that I would have on my phone, like it wasn't anything like no crazy, but. 
she would not check my phone, like, often. Like, we would got to a point where she was, like, weaning off. And, like, I wouldn't, I was never doing anything that was ever, like, super bad that often. But then it would just so happen that, like, the one day I would do one thing that would maybe not be the best for me, she was like, can I see your phone? I was like, are you kidding me? Well, that was one of the rules in our house was that you had your phone, but at any time, Daddy or I could say, we were doing a phone check. Mm-hmm. And the rule was you had to give the phone over right then. Mm-hmm. And if you showed any resistance, yeah. you lost the phone. Because that obviously says guilt. Yeah, it does. For whatever reason. And sometimes when, when we would ask for the phone, sometimes we never even bothered to really look. It was a matter... You can tell, <laughs> That's so funny. You can tell by the reaction of the kid if there's something on there that you shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting. So, guys, if your mom wants to check your phone, just ask cool, calm, and collective, and she might not look. She might not. You don't mm-hmm. know. Would you say that you were a helicopter parent? Yes. Yes. I didn't even pause about Helicopter that. parent and proud? I'm proud. Mm. Hashtag proud. <laughs> Hashtag I do it again. Please elaborate. I just... Because there's there's probably what I guess based on demographics is more of the... Based on how people respond to polls. Is that more of the people who are listening to their parents are helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. And they either might really not like that, really want some space. Like, so maybe like... From a mom's perspective, give some, like, insight sure. to that. So, um, again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, I believe that my children were my my greatest responsibility. I believe that they are my mission field. I believe that they are, you know, my job. So, 100%, I felt that I should be involved in all areas of their upbringing. Now, that being said, you know, Looking back, were there times that I probably should have backed up a little bit more than I did? Yes, I probably should have because I, I had great kids and they weren't doing anything that would be that they could have really hurt themselves with. Or, but I feel like if you're not involved, you don't know. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the kid is a bad kid. It just means that sometimes they get involved with friends who are maybe not good influences, peer pressure. Like you don't really ever know exactly what your kid is going through or exposed to or how about this what if your child was being bullied mm-hmm. right like take it off like the kid doing like oh i'm sneaking out or oh i'm talking to this boy after nine o'clock and i'm supposed to have my phone turned off at nine i'm not even talking about that what if like her friend who was at dinner sunday night at your house is like bullying her yeah. internet bullying her mm-hmm. right like i i just think that we are far past the time of not being super involved in our kids' lives. I think it's I think it's mm-hmm. absolutely essential to know what's going on in your kids' lives. And because the phones, I'm going back to the phone, because the phones are attached to them at all times, that really is your lifeline to what they're... To and everything that's happening. Everything that's happening in their lives. So I do think it is important. Now... Because does a 12-year-old really need privacy? Absolutely no. not. In my opinion... Yeah. Like, I was a diary reader. Uh-huh. Like, newsflash people, yep, she'd go to school and I'd read her diary. Yes, I did, and I'm not sorry about it. What? No, not sorry about it. Because at the time, that was before, like, really, you you didn't even have a phone yet, like, mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. Because you didn't get a phone until middle school. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she'd go in her room and, like, write down, you know. Thanks, that, Mom. How much she hated me or whatever because she got punished or something. That's fine. That's healthy. That's okay. But, like, what if you were struggling with somebody bullying you? Mm-hmm. Or what if... You know, there was something way more serious going on. Yeah. Like, you need to know it. So, no. Back to elementary, middle school. No, they don't need their privacy. Like, I just think that's 
And I don't know, I, we don't get mail here, but I've been getting hate mail because people are like, absolutely, I deserve to have my privacy. No, you don't. No, mm-hmm. you don't. I think that's something that gets earned as they're older when there's mm-hmm. trust involved. Yeah. And you trust them to make good decisions that you don't need to be checking up on every single thing. But I think it is important to, mm-hmm. especially middle school and yeah. and early high school. I mean, mm-hmm. some awful stuff is going on. Yeah. And I mean... Kids are like, and I don't care, the moms that have the best relationships with their daughters. Mm-hmm. If if someone is bullying your daughter and she's starting to now feel shame about it, and maybe maybe she participated in the bullying to start herself, so she mm-hmm. feels now that, like, she brought it on herself, and mm-hmm. maybe the mom was like, hey, always be nice, because you never know if this could come back, and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then she feels like, my mom's been like, I told you so, and, like, they don't say anything, and then it snowballs, and mm-hmm. I just think, I don't know. That's yeah. my that's my take on it. Like my kids turned out perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. They're completely well adjusted. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's different. There's varying degrees of helicoptering too. Yeah, there are, and I don't sure. know. I mean, I would say I'm a helicopter parent because mm-hmm. in my mind, I use the thought of like an, an a very close friend of mine who was she's a phenomenal mom, but she was not a helicopter parent, and so by any means. But she would say that I was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I, I am. But then I know people that are like way worse than me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. How yeah. Do you, like where are you on the scale? Where are you on the scale? Okay. This one is kind of hard to read, but I want to put it on the podcast in case any other girls have this experience. So I have some things I want to say about it, but I'll let you go first. So this was something that her mom, like a confession that her mom doesn't know about. Okay. My mom was really strict about sleepovers because she was so worried that I would get hurt. She finally agreed to one and I got sexually assaulted. Mm. I'll never tell her because she would be devastated. Uh, my heart Literally, is this makes me sick. My heart is breaking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely breaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that means that she, her mom didn't let her go to a sleepover at somebody's house. And then, and then she finally, finally did. In and that one time. That happened. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I could I start crying. I know. Like, I, I honestly would say to this sweet girl, whoever she is, I hope she's listening, mm-hmm. that do not take any of that shame upon yeah. you 100%. And that I, I, would, I would say don't – your mom not wanting you to go to sleepovers was just her worrying. Uh-huh. And you don't know maybe your mom's story and maybe something that she experienced That's or maybe true. one of her friends might have experienced. Mm-hmm. And so she was worried that it could happen to you. Yeah. And then now her worst nightmare has happened. You need to be loved on and cared for. for by your mom. And, uh-huh. you know, I hope that it happened a long time ago yeah. and that you've worked through it and, mm-hmm. you know, gotten the help you need to deal with that because it, it was not your fault. None of it was your mm-hmm. fault. But to hear you say you would never tell her because you're worried that she would be devastated, that like that breaks my heart because mm-hmm. she put rules in place to, right. because she loved but, you. But like, the thing is, like you're right, she would be devastated, but it's not your fault. Like no. it's not a you problem, no. and it's not anything that you did. No. Asking to go to a sleepover no. and wanting to have sleepovers that yep. is a perfectly normal one. Yep. She was protecting you, and this happened. And I honestly think that, like. If you, I mean, I'm I'm always for telling, 
and like being able to share. I mean, if you've moved on and moved past it and you don't feel like you need to, that's one thing. But if this is something that's maybe a little fresher, like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be scared to go to your mom with something like that because I can, I can hopefully confidently say that she would much rather know and be able to like love you well and equip you well and like, um, be your mom. Like that's part, that's the job is what you're doing when you're someone's mom is protecting and it's just this is such a hard it's just it's horrible that this happened to you Mm -hmm. and and the person it just makes me so angry Mm -hmm. because by you not going to your mom Mm -hmm. because you were worried that you would hurt your mom like this person oh it says that i have another response from her and she's she says that she's an adult now and she's healed that's wonderful yeah I'm very happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. But that person got away with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Because, me you know, that person put the shame on her, which is often what hap- is what happens, mm-hmm. which is awful. Yeah. Because it's never, ever, ever your fault. Mm-hmm. And you never, ever, ever did anything to bring it on, to deserve it, to ask for it, mm-hmm. to never, never, yeah. never, never. And I think one day when you have children, you will understand instantly in a second why your mom was strict and why she worried. And it's like a different level of empathizing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With your mom when you have children of your own and you're trying to. I'm so sorry that that happened. That's Mm -hmm. awful. It's so awful. Okay. I have some more questions. Okay. So now we're done with, like, the responses. Okay. Um, this one, we had kind of, there's, like, a couple that go along with this, which I know, like, we've already kind of addressed, but it's how to handle and navigate your teen years while having a strict slash helicopter dad. <laughs> and then also, like, how to speak to get along with a micromanaging mom. Mm-hmm. That's tough because I was a micromanager. <laughs> maybe I should answer this I, question. I think maybe you should. No, seriously. I think when it comes to like a mom who's super involved or she micromanages or a helicopter parent mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like, I think the best thing for you to do is to like have a really good mindset about it. And it's hard because I look back on how I viewed it when I was in middle school, high school, like mm-hmm. I have an entirely different perspective now. And so, like, I know I can say this to you and you're like, yeah, okay, sure. But it's just, like, knowing that it's coming from a good place and, like, Mm -hmm. believing that they do want what's best for you. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. But especially from my experience, like, you wanting to micromanage was you wanting to give me, like, as many opportunities as possible. Mm -hmm. It was you wanting to push me to be my best. It was you wanting me to have everything that I wanted. And you were able to see, like, the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, me as a 15-year-old, I was only able to see, like, really what was right in front of me. And, like, at that age, like, I genuinely thought I knew everything. Sure. And so... When you have someone who's micromanaging and you ask, like, how to speak to get along with, I think you're talking – I'm assuming that means you guys argue a bunch. And so I would say in terms of arguing – Most mothers and daughters argue during the arguing is so normal. It's normal. Oh, my gosh. We were shopping today. How many times did we, like, bicker? We still bicker. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just – it's normal. It's just, like, we know each other so well and we have, like – mutually have like our relationship is one of the closest relationships that we literally have on this planet and so we know Mm -hmm. how to push buttons yeah and so it just happens but in terms of how to speak to get along with a micromanaging mom I would just say really evaluate like 
what things are worth the fight. I think mm-hmm. I had a hard time doing that, and I would just get so caught up in, like, what was right. And I always thought that I was right, mm-hmm. and I knew everything. And so I would escalate things into arguments, even if they didn't need to be, just on the premise that, like, you want things, like, your way. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things, like, pick and choose your battles. Like, there's certain things that like, it's just not mm-hmm. worth it in terms of micromanaging. I think if a bigger issue is, like, it doesn't seem like that's what you're asking, but it's, like, boundaries. Like, that's a conversation. Like, if you're constantly being irrational and you're constantly causing fights and pushing against the micromanaging, she's just going to feel the need to micromanage you a little bit more because she's going to, like, she needs more guidance. Like, she needs more help. She doesn't understand. She's immature. And so I think handle it as adult-like as you can and be like, I understand why you feel this way. I understand that you want what's best for me. Like, talk like an adult. Like, don't act like a child. Yeah. Don't cry like a baby. Don't do all these, like, don't act like a teenager that she thinks that you are. Like, if you're wanting, like, however it to go, like, if you want her to maybe give you some more space in terms of the micromanaging, mm-hmm. you need to prove to her that you don't need to be micromanaged. Yes. And I, I do think, and we don't know how old this person is that put this question in, but... I do think that it does come down to, like, can you communicate with your mom and basically articulate what you just said? Like, let her know, like, hey, I I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me feel X, Y, Z when you, you know, I mean, we've had that happen to us where you've had to actually sit Mm -hmm. me down and say, mom, please don't do this anymore. Or please don't, I don't know if you realize it, but when you do this, Mm -hmm. it makes me feel like this. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes... Listen, I don't know, obviously, her mom, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say that most moms, most parents, they only want the very best for their children. And sometimes our methods of communicating that or trying to help them achieve that, listen, we're human, we're mm-hmm. flawed, We, you guys don't come with an instruction manual, right? And we bring our own life experiences into our parenting, mm-hmm. and sometimes we mess up. We mess yeah. up all the time, a lot. So her heart could 100% be in the right place and she thinks she's doing the best that she can and maybe she doesn't realize that she's causing damage to your relationship by the way that she's micromanaging you. Mm -hmm. So just if you can communicate with her, let her know how it's making you feel because very, I don't know very many women that are moms that would have their daughter sit in front of them and say, you're making me feel really bad or very Mm -hmm. poorly when you do this and then the mom keeps doing it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would try to communicate. Yeah. Well, I have a follow-up question to that. It says, how to handle a situation in which my mom did something that truly hurt my feelings, Mm -hmm. but she already knows that it hurt me and it doesn't seem to care. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to care that it did. That's that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Because again, you got to take the personalities into count. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, um, Maybe her mom is not the kind of person. Listen, it's hard to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, it's especially hard, as a mom. It's hard to say. I mean, you might know it, but to sit down in front of the person that you wronged or that you mm-hmm. hurt and, you know, humble yourself and say, hey, I was wrong and I'm really sorry I hurt you. And, um, you know, you're opening yourself up to rejection in that moment because the person, in this case your daughter, could be like, yeah, get out of here. You know what I mean? And so it's it's hard to do. So... It makes me sad to hear that she thinks that her mom doesn't care that she hurt her. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the way that their communication is. Or maybe the yeah. mom's personality isn't as, um, I don't know, what's the right word? She's not as forgiving or she's not as mm-hmm. eager to to make amends. Like maybe she's a little more 
yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't want to say stubborn. That's the wrong word. But uh-huh. not everybody. It's not easy for everybody to apologize. No, I have a hard time apologizing. Yes. Like, that's yes. always been something I've had to work on. Like admitting that I'm wrong and swallowing my pride is very difficult. And sometimes what I or mean. Or not even admitting you're wrong, but admitting that mm-hmm. maybe whatever you did was hurtful to someone uh-huh. else. Or I don't like to say wrong all the mm-hmm. time because then that implies that someone was right. Yeah. That's but true. you said something that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You said something or you did something and that caused And especially when someone... you're a mom, like, and you can speak into this more because I've never had this experience, but, like, you're under so much pressure and, like, mom comparison is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you're walking through it, like, the parents, like, they're literally just doing their best every single day. Like, they don't know what they're doing or how they're doing it and they're having to make choices on the fly. And so when maybe your mom has made a decision and it's something she did did hurt you. And unless you've really told her, because you're saying she already knows it hurt me. Like if she assumes, or maybe you've told her like addressing that and coming to like, at that point, I feel like, and maybe you can speak into this because I know you've said this a couple times. Like it makes you feel like you failed Mm -hmm. in that area. And that's a really hard thing as a mom. Yes. To grapple with. Yes. It's, it's very hard to to know that your actions or your work because you know that you know your heart, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in times that I've disciplined you or if I've done or said something that's been hurtful to you, that was never my intention, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that my delivery of what I whatever it was was hurtful to you until you told me. Yeah, and then once you told me, and I could see it on your face, and I could. And you brought up a couple instances and I was like, oh my gosh, like instantly your mind is playing it over and you're like, like, mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. She's right. I did it. And I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't even know mean that's what I did. did. Right. I certainly didn't mean to. So where that's, I would say is the bigger problem is that she says she knows it, it doesn't seem to matter or mm-hmm. maybe the mom is still doing it. Yeah. Um, maybe write your feelings down, mm-hmm. write her a letter. Yeah. You know, not everyone can communicate. and Maybe the mom's not giving her a chance to get her feelings out. Write her a letter. Like, be be kind in the letter. Like, don't... Mm-hmm. Rip her to shreds. Yeah, don't rip her to shreds because that's not... I mean, what's what's the goal here? Mm-hmm. What's the end goal? You want your mom to acknowledge that she hurt you, and you want her to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So let her... Maybe put your writing... Put your feelings down into a letter where she has to read it, and there's no rebuttal. She's not going to mm-hmm. be giving you what she thinks about it. Leave it on her bathroom counter or something so that she can see it. And then it gives her time to reflect on it privately before mm-hmm. she addresses it with you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what is something that you would tell your senior yourself? Like one thing that you, like you could wish you could tell your like eighteen year old self. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a great question. I would say that that it's not it's not always going to be one way or the other. And what I mean by that is like when the bad times come because they do, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Like it will pass and then brighter days do come. It mm-hmm. is secular. It does continually move. So those are those early years right after high school, depending on what you do, whether you go to college or you go into the workplace or whatever it is, it is hard because it is a time of kind of asserting your independence and becoming an adult and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders in those times. And I just think that if I could go back, I was really, I made some really poor choices in that time Mm -hmm. frame of my life 
And I just had myself believing like this is the way it was always going to be, that it was never going to get better, that it was never going to improve. And I wasted a good amount of time kind of feeling down about myself mm -hmm. and down about my choices. And, and really, I always had the power to, I could have made the next best choice and I could have changed it, mm -hmm. but I got in my head and so then I almost like kept perpetuating it mm -hmm. because I thought, well, now it's too far. I'm too far gone now. We're not going to be able to fix this. This mm -hmm. is the way that it is. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I would say that it doesn't, when the bad times come, they're not going to, they're not going to stay. And not even bad times, hard times, mm -hmm. you know, disappointments, yeah. um, letdowns. Mm -hmm. It's not going to stay that way. Yeah. I don't have this in my notes at all, but I just feel like it, it would be really interesting. Do you think you could give like a like a short version of your testimony? Oh, boy, you really, you just threw a curveball. Um, I don't even know how to do a short version of my testimony. But um, yeah, so I, I grew up in, um, in, a, in a middle class family. My mom, my dad, my two sisters. Um, very early on, I knew our family was different. Not different in a good way. Um, addiction was a huge problem for my family on my mother's side. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side were both alcoholics. And my mom, I didn't know it yet, but my mom was an addict. Um, and she had gone through some horrible, horrible things in her childhood that um, she just never was able to deal with and she kept stuffing that down and that just later turned into a an addiction to pain medication she had some health problems and it just that was just mm -hmm. the it manifested itself um, and her sisters were addicts and it was just a whole family of yeah. dysfunction and an addiction and it was just around us all the time and um, yeah, so at 18 years old, I moved out of the house. I fought with my mom a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I was very much against her choices, and yeah. I was very verbal with her about it, and we did not see eye to eye about it, mm -hmm. obviously, at all. So I said, okay, I'm moving out, and my parents said, okay, mm -hmm. see ya. Have a good time. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I had no, you know, <laughs> I had no really way to support myself other than you know working um i started taking college classes but i wasn't able to finish because i was kind of doing working, it on my own yeah. and um anyway so at that point I, I had been dating taylor's dad since i was in the ninth grade mm -hmm. well we were friends in the ninth grade we started dating when i was in 10th grade and um so anyway so we're dating now we're a couple years in um we moved in together and we were living together and we decided um, that we wanted to get married. So we did a couple years later. So I was 23 when we got married and he brought all of his brokenness and, yeah. you know, issues that he had from his childhood into, into the marriage. So you had two broken people with not a good support system on either side, family wise, um, who were not believers who just <laughs> were a wreck. Yeah. I mean, in every sense of the word, just a wreck. And, um, not long after we were married, we had Dylan, and then two years later, we had Taylor, and we were just kind of struggling, and during that time of being pregnant with Taylor, my mom passed away, and my sisters, I have two sisters, 
and my sisters um, at that point had developed addictions and my family I lost my family I lost yeah. my nuclear family and I and I had Brian and the kids and I kind of at that point secluded myself into being like okay this is just it it's just gonna be us and I was lost and I was lonely and I was desperate and I did not know the Lord and I was just a wreck and fast forward a little bit um, the kids are ready to go to preschool and um, we decided we were going to put them in this little Christian preschool um, for no other reason than um, if I'm being completely honest I needed I needed a little bit of a break like mm -hmm. I needed some again I didn't have any help and I needed some time for the, like alone time like, you know I, could, I needed them to get out of the house mm -hmm. a little bit so it was yeah. like two hours it was like nine to eleven or eight to eleven you know Tuesdays and Thursdays and we put the kids in preschool and um it wasn't long after that they were in preschool that Taylor started coming home well they both did but it was it was really Taylor who would come home and she would tell me about her bible verses and tell me about what she was learning in school and really like <laughs> you know, knowing now, like Taylor was literally sharing the gospel with me. Mm -hmm. She didn't know it, but that's what she was doing. And then she would say, well, mom, can't you come to chapel on Friday? Or Dylan would say, mom, I have a chapel presentation. And so I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be where my kids were. So I started volunteering. I started coming to the school, started spending time at the school. And, you know, Jesus has a funny way <laughs> of, of doing that where he'll just put you in a position where and he gets you to the point to where you're open, your heart is open for yeah. for what he has for you. And and that's really that's really how it how it started. Mm -hmm. Where and it and it didn't happen immediately, but little by little he was just working on my heart through my kids. I was watching my children change in front of me and there was just a there was just a joy and a peace about them when they talked about Jesus. And I grew up in a I grew up in a in a family that we went to church on Easter and Christmas. You know, when we were very young, we went all the time. But you know, and I'm not trying to knock any other faiths mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it was it was not a relationship based faith. It was one with rules and regulations. And I just thought Jesus was the guy on the wooden cross at the altar. Like I. Yeah. I wasn't going to talk to him. He didn't really have anything. That, like, he happened a long time ago. Like, it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with me now. And and a completely warped view of what it was. And if I'm being completely honest, when I lost my mom, I thought, like, what kind of what kind of God? Like, yeah. you know, I was four months pregnant with Taylor. I was like, this is, like, I was very just turned off by it. I didn't want to be involved with a relationship with Jesus. And But he had other plans. <laughs> he had a... He had other plans and and he knew he knew that for Dylan and Taylor to become who they were meant to be, they needed a mom who was gonna share the gospel with them and who was gonna love them and who was gonna who was gonna model Christ for them. So through my kids, he just he just blew up my life. He came into my life and and he he just he just showed me um he showed me a love that I just had never known. That I had no way of knowing. I had no way of comprehending it. And it was it was a little messy at the beginning because I was like, "This can't be real. I, I, how is this real? Like, I'm a, I'm a horrible person. I've done horrible things. What are you talking? Like, it just it didn't make sense. And all this while we were still going to our old church, so we kind of were like doing double duty. And then. Um, Taylor was seven and she asked to go to a church where her friends go to 
And I was like, no, we go to this church. And she's like, but, you know, I want to go to this church with my friends. And so we, she pestered enough to finally, one Sunday, we said, okay, fine, we're going to go. And we dropped them off at the kids' church. And Brian and I sat there in that worship center. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is like, this was, I, I was used to like, you know, I was kneeling, I was standing. I was kneeling, <laughs> I was standing. Like, you know, we're, people are standing, their hands are up in the air. I was like, what? It was like a rock concert. I was mm-hmm. like, what is happening? But I have to say, like, I left there and I instantly felt something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And then the kids wanted to go back the next week. So we went back the next week. And then we went back the next week. And then we went back the next week. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had an understanding of, like, what this love is that he has for me and what he wanted for me. And 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 it wasn't anything that I could do to, to earn it. If anything, I totally didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And... And it was a gift and it was the gift of, of him and, and, and realizing that transformed my life. It changed my life. It changed, um, the, the kind of mom I was going to be, it completely shifted everything into a, a godly perspective. And that doesn't mean I get it right. It doesn't mean I don't mess up. It just means that I understand, I understand what love is Mm. and I understand that that his love for me is no matter how much I mess up, no matter what I do, he's never going to leave me. He's never going anywhere. He's right there beside me. And as life comes and the things come at me and, and come at our family, that he's going to be right there with us. And it's it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That was awesome. Mom. That was very long. Like I start talking. Just <laughs> no, it was so good. Out. I loved it. But, I loved it. Okay. I have my last question. For okay. You. Is it true that the love that you feel towards your child is different or bigger than any other kind of love? Yes. It's 100% true. 100% true. It is a love that I I cannot I cannot explain. There are no words. There is no way to to articulate it, it is a it is a feeling when they place that baby in your arms, you all of a sudden have all these range of emotions. You instantly know without without like the baby's one second old and you know instantly that you would die for her. Mm. You know instantly that you would you would kill to protect her. You know instantly that like you just feel fiercely protective and and you feel like your heart is gonna explode and it's just it's the most wonderful wonderful feeling it's just the most wonderful awesome responsibility and it is different than anything else it is absolutely different than anything else it's the greatest thing i love you mom i love you too thank you so much for oh coming on oh my gosh the thank you crying. <laughs> yes. um thank you so much for having me this I is just, so awesome i know this is gonna bless a lot of people Oh my goodness, that's very kind of you to say. I don't know. It will. I don't know. But... I promise. Thank you again, Taylor, for having me. This was fun that I got to come into your world for a little bit. And I just wanted to just take a second and just tell you how incredibly proud I am of you. I am just, I've always been your biggest fan, but it is so cool to watch you just pursue your dreams and follow them and, and reach out to see what God has for you. And you've done an amazing job with this podcast. And it's just, It's remarkable. And I'm just, Daddy and I both are so proud of you. 
And I just, it's so cool and neat to watch my best friend Aww. be able to just, to do something like this. And I just want you to know how proud we are of you. Love you, mom.